2: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply.
0: No oh, hello, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio nine thirty W B E N. Josh Schmidt is at master control as he will be for the next seven days uh, before he makes a change within the Odyssey family. So, uh, Josh Schmidt uh, deserting me, but in all seriousness, he's no, he's going to a place. Look. Um, Who am I to stand in the way of a man and his dream? Who am I? So Josh is uh, leaving us. He will be a bartender um, at Club Marcella. And uh, I didn't want to get in the way of his his dream. Now, he's uh, actually going next door to our sports radio station. And uh, good for you, Josh. Congratulations. I'm very happy for you. I know that it's been a long time coming. You'll be full time and everything's good.
1: Yeah, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it, and I've uh, I've really loved working with you over the past year and a half, two years, has it been? Yeah, time, time
0: flies. Aura fugit, baby as the Latin would say, the Romans would say, or would have said. I don't think they would say that anymore because nobody speaks Latin. But uh, anyway, I'm very happy for you, and uh, I I really am. I don't like to lose you because you're the best. You really are the best. I don't like losing you, but on the other hand, as I told Tim Wenger when he told me, who the hell would I be to stand between a man and his dream of working in a sports radio field? That would be pretty lousy, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it'd be a little shocking, to be honest with you, because you're a really good guy, and I've really liked working with you. It's, yeah, I've learned a lot from you. It's it's been great.
0: Well, you have been terrific, and I'll still see you. I'll still see you around the radio station, but uh, we'll have uh, somebody else in here. We, uh, you know, uh, and, and I hope they're I hope they're half as good as you are, Josh. And I hope they're okay
1: on the air, too. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tom. I really appreciate it.
0: Josh Schmidt. I'm um, so happy for Josh because uh, sports would be Josh's life, okay? And uh, i tell you somebody else, too. Lucas Buckley, his dream. Now he does news. And he does a great job for us doing news. But you know what he wants to do? He wants to do sports play-by-play, which, to me, there are two things in this field that I've never done and that I don't think I could do. Number 1 is sports play-by-play, okay? Even hockey, which is a sport I kind of get. Um and I couldn't do traffic because seriously, I just I get lost in some areas of western New York. I've lived here for Almost 60 years. And there are still places where I absolutely get lost. Namely, the South Towns. But sometimes it happens in the North Towns, too. So, it just it happens. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, anyway... Like, I couldn't find Davolio on Transit Road last night. Like, where the hell is this place? I couldn't find this doctor's office yesterday um, because it's, like, way – it's it, the, the directions – like, Google Map did not keep up with the directions that I was given. And I don't know if you've ever been in that situation of, I think I'm almost there. I think I'm almost there. Thank God I left early. Now, that was, that was the hernia doctor. That that'll be in February, Josh. So you're off the hook on that one. That you don't have to worry about that whatsoever.
1: I'll send you a fruit basket. No, no, don't
0: send don't send me an edible bouquet or anything like that. No disrespect for edible bouquets. If you really cared, you'd send me a bottle of. Uh, basil hayden or a bottle of uh patrone and
1: well, that'll be hidden in the bottom it'll All be right. underneath everything a better yet a bottle of casa
0: azul uh that's the expensive stuff that uh i'm rather fond of and uh, it doesn't really last long around where i am anyway hi guys how are you it's bowerly on news radio 930 wben i want to thank you for the past two days of programs that we've had i can't believe monday we started off talking about yellow jackets and i can't believe the various and sundry ways you have decided to deal with yellow jackets, including shop vacs and Dawn dishwashing detergents. I applaud you for your ingenuity um, and geniusness in doing it, your genius in doing it. Uh, And then yesterday, we spent time, uh, actually all four hours, talking about alcoholism. And it was an absolutely riveting show. And by the way, one of the people I had to take off the air yesterday uh, sent me a very nice letter of apology about a word that she used that I can't take on the air. Um, Let's put it this way. Okay, and I, I need you to use your imagination here just a little bit. According to the FCC, I can say, hey, Josh, I'm pissed off at you, but... If I only use part of that sentence, part of the first word, then it becomes problematical, which I got a big issue with the FCC. I think the audi just let us talk the way we talk, no fines for indecent language or anything like that, and let the market decide. I mean, you think I'm going to be dropping F-bombs every day? Yeah, probably, but uh, that's usually in traffic uh, when I'm driving into work, but that's another story. So um, I want to do something now that is uh, not exactly a, uh, well, it's not exactly a pick-me-up. I'll uh, put it that way to you, but uh, it involves people that we have lost too soon, and it involves a news story on WBEN, and the dateline is Boston. And it is from the studyfinds.org website. And I'm going to read it to you. A recent study is revealing the dire state of public health in the United States. In comparison to other wealthy nations, the U.S. death rate far outpaces America's peers, leading researchers to say that the country is actually experiencing a crisis of early death. Let me just repeat that. The United States of America is, re- uh, is experiencing a crisis of early death. Researchers from Boston University School of Public Health found that more than one million deaths in the USA a year, including many young and working age adults, could be avoided if the United States had mortality rates similar to other high-income nations. million deaths in 2021 could have been averted if the United States had mortality rates similar to other wealthy nations. The study refers to those excess deaths as missing Americans because those deaths reflect people who would be alive. If the U.S. death rate was equal to its peer country, the number of missing Americans, i.e. people who die early in recent years, is unprecedented in modern times. According to Dr. uh, uh, Jacob Bohr, the study's lead and corresponding author and associate professor of global health and epidemiology uh, at Boston University in a media release. And um, nearly 50% of what they call these missing Americans died before the age of 65 in 2020 and 2021. And excess mortality among working age adults is particularly stark. Uh, There's more to this article. But this, and look, this does not surprise me. I've talked about this before. One of the things that I enjoy doing um, is walking through cemeteries. I know, I'll be there sooner or later, but I like to walk, uh, probably sooner, but I like to walk through cemeteries. And one of the things that I've noticed when walking through cemeteries, in particular with men, is the number of men who die between 50 and 60 years old. And look, I understand. Back in the 1840s, that was a ripe, venerable old age. But in the 2000s, uh, that's barely well. It's over, you know. It's over 50, but still, um, it's it's shocking to me. Uh, and, and every time, be and again, you know, all of our lives, if you think about it. You draw your opinions, you draw your stories based upon your own personal life story and the people to whom you are closest, okay? So you have to understand, and this is not like a a sympathy ploy or anything like that, uh, but I almost died at 54. I came as close to dying as anybody could possibly die, uh, as anybody could uh, possibly come to checking out early. So my bias, my internal bias, every time I see a man dead at 55, I just assume, yep, heart attack, yep, heart attack, yep, heart attack, um, because that could have been me. It very easily could have been me. Had I fallen asleep on the couch that Sunday, it would have been me. So I'm kind of sensitive to this subject. But I, I know that this might be a little bit painful, but it also might be very instructive to people. Um, Whom, without naming last names, how many of you have experienced the death of somebody gone before their time? And if it hasn't happened to you personally, there might be a celebrity who died before their time. Uh, sometimes from accidental means, sometimes from ODs. I mean, the 27 Club is notorious in the world of rock and roll. So many famous rock and rollers of the 1960s in particular died at the age of 27. It's uncanny, the 27 Club. Um, but in, in your life, um, I, I'd be really interested in knowing whom you know Uh, who died way before they should have died, and of what did they die? Was it a heart attack? Was it cancer? Was it accident? I mean, most accidents can be prevented. I I firmly believe most accidents can be prevented. Not all of them, but most can be prevented. I told you yesterday about almost hitting a damn deer on Garrison Road in Williamsville. Well, last night, coming home from the same place, there was a herd of deer. There were like six deer crossing the road in roughly the same place. So... I did contact the town supervisor and say, yeah, you got to talk to the state about putting up a new deer crossing sign because apparently they now crossed Garrison Road because there are so many deer in the village of Williamsville. Uh, but I'm kind of curious if you have experienced uh, the early death of someone of whom about whom you cared very, very deeply. And what was it? What caused the death? Uh, 803. 0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. And it may very well have been an accidental death, an MVA, a motor vehicle accident. It might have been a heart attack. It may have been cancer. It might have been some other disease uh, that I am not including for whatever reason in the opening part of the program. And my my hope is with this show... It's like when we did the cancer show and the heart attack show. My hope is that when you call in and you say, here's what happened to somebody I know, that they will say, oh, um, maybe uh, uh, maybe I need to change my way of being. Because, you know, one of the things the uh, cardiologist told the person I was with at the time in the elevator after the angiogram was uh, – You know, these blockages, they didn't happen overnight. They took place over a period of time, and that made a lot of sense. But I will tell you at the same time, I really wonder about the efficacy and value of going in for an annual physical. Because every annual physical I ever had, all right, you're in really good shape and uh, you're you're good to go. I mean, you could stand to lose a few pounds, but it's mostly solid weight, so don't worry about it. 803-0930, star 930, and uh, 1-800-616-WBEN. It might be a child. It might be a husband. It might be a wife. Uh, it might be somebody that you really admired in the world of uh, celebrity and entertainment. Um, that's, all, that's all cool, but... Who do whom do you know that left us too soon? And accidental deaths are, I think, extraordinarily hard to take, especially if the person you loved was killed because of the negligence of somebody else. Um, That. That would be a very, very bitter pill to swallow. I talked yesterday about, uh, on my way to the doctor's office, uh, having to go by the Alice Rice Peace Park. I mean, there was a beautiful young lady, used to call the show, and it's just so weird for me to see her name on the sign of the uh, Peace Park with her name on it, okay? It's it's strange. And she died because of a drunk driver, okay, who did his time and is now back doing what he should be doing and uh, saving lives instead of taking lives, okay? Um, it might have been a disease. Like when we did the show on testicular cancer, um, I made reference to the fact that somebody I knew way back when, many decades ago, had a brother who died of testicular cancer. I think the guy was in his 20s, uh, as a matter of fact. Late 20s, I think. And uh, it, was, it was terrible listening to the story. But, you know, none of us, I mean, look, I'm not trying to be morbid here, but none of us are guaranteed anything. And just because the average lifespan of Americans, depending on your race, is, uh, you know, between 70 and 80 years old, let's call it, it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed 70 or 80 years, okay? You're, you're guaranteed absolutely nothing because anything can happen at any time to anyone. It could be uh, an accident. You might get hit by a car. You might get hit by a semi uh, you might, and I'm not trying to be, again, not trying to be morbid, not trying to make anybody feel bad. Um, you might have fallen asleep, they might have fallen asleep behind the wheel and run into a tree. I've seen the results of that firsthand. Um, it's uh, obviously not pleasant. And it also could be a sudden uh, myocardial infarction, a sudden heart attack. And nobody's, nobody's ever ready for that, Really? And I've talked about mine uh, extensively on the air. And, you know, to this day, i got to tell you something. Um, I'm not, you know, um, I I wouldn't say that I'm hung up on it, uh, but I do reflect on it frequently, the fact that I know that Sunday, if I had gone to sleep, I would never have awakened. And that's kind of freaky. And I've told you this before, That when I was being driven to the hospital, I looked at my house and I didn't say anything to the person I was with about, I think I'm having a heart attack. I looked at the house and I said, I don't even know if I'm going to come back to this house. So these things, look, these things happen. I was 54 when it happened. So have you in your life known somebody who has died way too young? And and what was was it? Was it heart? Was it liver? Was it accident? Was it uh, some kind of uh, cancer that uh, I've, I've not mentioned, like uh, a brain tumor? Because we're, we're losing a lot of Americans compared to people in other nations that are industrialized, first-world nations. The United States is having a crisis of early deaths. Uh, it's especially exacerbated in the musicians' uh, community. Uh, I want these lines filled up. Uh, I want your story. I want to find out what's going on out there because the best way to find out stuff is to ask people who've actually been through it, and you might be making a point during your phone call that resonates with somebody out there in the uh, listening audience. 803-0930 is the uh, phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN, early death. You know? We have lost so many famous people at young ages, but forget the famous people for a moment. You in your life may very well have lost somebody that wasn't famous, but they were important to you, and they're not with us anymore. And, and why is that? And is there really a situation where we have premature deaths as a plague in America? And again, walking through cemeteries— Again, every time I see a guy between 50 and maybe 60 years old, I just assume heart attack, cardiac issues. Anyway, uh, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Welcome. It is uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. The United States is experiencing a uh, crisis of sudden, uh, well, I'm sorry, early deaths uh, compared to other industrialized first world nations. And I'm sure that you've had experiences with it. I've certainly had experiences with it. Um, and it, it also depends on what is an early death to you. I mean, I would say an early death at this point is anything under the age of 60 but it's a, it's so tragic when people die in their you know childhood or teens or 20s 30s 40s 50s um, that to me is especially tragic after 60 anything can happen 236 at news radio 930 wben 803 0930 star 930 hundred six one six 616 wben i want these lines filled up what are you guys grief free you've 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 had lives that have been charmed by the lucky charm elf or uh, leprechaun. Uh, Sue in Clarence, you are on WBEN. Welcome to the show.
3: Hi, how are you, Tom?
0: Hello, my love.
3: Well, I have a story about my husband who passed away unexpectedly two years ago. He walked out of our home at eight in the morning and by 10:05 in the morning, he was gone. He, yeah, he um, went to work. My son was with him. And he was a lifelong smoker. You can tell where this is going. And unfortunately, he had been experiencing bouts of passing out. Did not tell me. (laughs) Which, of course, you know, everybody says, well, it's because he didn't want you to worry. Which I get, but we had been together for 43
2: years. He he,
0: He was also embarrassed. Because, Absolutely. Sue, no man likes to admit their weaknesses, and if a man passes out repeatedly, um, he didn't want to admit it to you. Uh, and yeah, so. and, and I, look, I, I know it may it might not make any sense to you as a woman, but take it from a guy uh, who walked around for a week with the Widowmaker heart attack. I didn't want anybody to know. I told David Bellavia, and that's it.
3: Yeah. Now I am trying to come to terms with that, Tom, and I do appreciate what you said. Um, it's obviously still doesn't take the sting away, but it—I do—I am beginning to realize that it wasn't because he didn't want, you know, to share with me. He was afraid, I'm sure, you know.
0: That, and that's part of it. That's that's part of it because Sue. First of all, how old was your beloved husband?
3: Was, he had just turned sixty-two.
0: Just turned sixty-two okay Mm -hmm. life lifelong smoker how many cigarettes a day
3: well i think towards the end he was about a pack and a half marlboro reds you know so
0: and um pack and a half a day marlboro red Um,
3: He he was in shape he was at his high school weight you know he had just been to the doctors in april like you were saying earlier you're fine everything is good your numbers are good, da, 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 da. and unfortunately, I know you know medicine is a science, so and I'm an not fooling anybody. Exactly. So you know, unfortunately, he was not telling them everything, so they could not help him accordingly. Mm. And uh, you know, he passed out in front of my son, who then had to do CPR on his dad. He did everything he could. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he couldn't revive him.
2: Mm.
3: But, um, you know, cigarettes, I just happened to look at his death certificate the other day for, for purpose, and um, it definitely cigarettes did contribute to his demise, of course, because nothing good comes from smoking.
0: It, in what way did the cigarettes contribute? Did they add to the arteriosclerotic plaque, I presume he had a heart attack?
3: He did. He had. I, I would believe, a, like you had, a widow's maker. <laughs> yep. And uh that was the end. Yeah. So that's what they co- li- that's what they listed as his cause of death.
0: Did they? I don't mean to be morbid, Sue, and I, I don't mean okay. to pry, but uh, did they do an autopsy?
3: They did not, on my request. Okay. Um, I did not want him. To be, to have to go through that, I'm pretty sure that it was, you know, due to the smoking and his, you know, unfortunate heart disease that he had that he was unaware of.
0: Oh, what did he, what did he have um, specifically? Just uh, narrowing of the arteries? uh...
3: We don't know. We don't know because he would not go. They wanted him to, he had the beginnings of COPD. I do know that. Um. Which most smokers will eventually have to some degree, Um, but he would not go for any of the testing that he wanted that they wanted him to do. He refused. I kept on asking him. I'm like, "Come on, I'll take you. I'll go with you." He just flat, outright refused. He wouldn't even go for the uh, vaccines for COVID. Which, of course, it's a whole nother show.
0: Well, uh, maybe he was the smart one on that front. Uh, Ask my swollen legs.
3: Yeah, it's uh, a personal thing. So
0: no, I, I agree. It's it, it's a personal thing, um, and you know, I sometimes wonder if I did the right thing or the wrong thing by getting the vaccine. But uh, again, that's fodder for another show. Um, right. So, sixty-two years old, and how old are you, Sue? If you don't mind me asking.
3: I will turn sixty-four in in September.
0: And your husband's been gone for? Did you say two years? Yes, it was two years this past June. So, okay, as somebody who was married to a smoker, I mean, one, one of the things that I tell people, and again, keep in mind, I'm not a doctor, but I, I can pass for some. I, I can pass for one in some hospitals in some cases, believe it or not. Um, but um, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor. But, you know, one of the things that I say to people is if you think you might be having heart issues – Tell your doctor that you're having chest pains and get an angiogram, and that way they'll be able to determine the degree of blockage in your arteries around your heart.
3: Correct. Yes. It, funny is it? And it's not. A, it's
0: not a big deal. They give you uh, propofol and uh, fentanyl, and you don't mm-hmm. feel a thing. And I, frankly, I get off on watching the angiogram. Frank. I know that sounds really <laughs> sick, but I, I enjoy watching it. And, you no. know, when you hear the doctors say 100% blockage, how is he still alive? That's a real mind blow. I got to tell you.
3: I, I can only imagine, Tom. I also have had an angiogram. Uh, about it, it, February of this past year, I walked into my home and I went to say something to my son. And I had a complete brush from the top of my head to my toes. And I passed out. Oh, good God. Yeah. Yeah. So they took me to the hospital against, you know, I don't have to go. I don't have to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I went. And long story short, they found out through the diligence of a fantastic doctor I have um, that I have what's called, it's a genetic um, defect called long QT. So Mm -hmm. I have a slow heart rate. Mm -hmm. And so now I have just had a defibrillator and pacemaker put in and to control your bradycardia. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh,
0: that's the fancy so, word for slow heart rate. That, is, that
3: um, is. you're up to date on everything, Tom.
0: Well, I,
3: I just have pulled on it. I understand been, why. Been there,
0: been there, done that. I've had so many hands inside my chest cavity, I've lost count. Um <laughs> but but the the situation with you, Sue, did you mm-hmm. have I mean, there were – we're talking – if you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, people who have died young in your life, maybe in your personal life, maybe celebrities that have died young, and you think to yourself, why? I mean, Sinead O'Connor wasn't even 60 years old, and she died, and we don't know the reason why she died. I have my suspicions, but uh, they're not confirmed by any noteworthy reports. But um, how long ago did your husband die? It, It
3: was just two years in July. In in, in, June,
0: so two years. In in June, okay. So we are we are talking, in fact, about uh, two years. Can can you Mm -hmm. talk about um, like you had you had some? I don't want to say premonition, but there were some indications. I presume that your husband was not well. If you kept asking him to see a physician, am I correct?
3: Correct, correct. Well, just the simple fact, Tom, that my husband smoked for so long. And, you know, it, it eventually, at some point, that's going to catch up with you. And I wanted to be proactive about it, Right. as most women like to be. Um, you know, we're, we're the little worker bees, and we want to do things to make sure our loved ones are always well and taken care of. And, unfortunately, he resisted me at every opportunity, Um and he just did not share that with me. But I I think he knew he was going to pass. Mm. He said a couple of things to me that totally floored me a couple of times. Like what? Um, well, one day he had gone to the doctors, and I said, so, how are you? What, what did they say? And he goes, well, they said I'm going to die. And I looked at him. Now, knowing the man for 43 years, I knew him very well. And I'm like, what? And he said, no, I'm just kidding. But that left, that just, I, that just stayed with me. But I couldn't, um, it wasn't like I could get him into the car physically and drag him to the doctors. That wasn't going to happen either. Um, you know, now in hindsight, we could have tricked him and said, let's go to Dairy Queen, because Dairy Queen, that was his favorite thing to do on a Sunday, you know, after dinner. But we couldn't. We just, we missed a lot of the signs and, you know, I'll always have guilt for that. Um, you know, it's a shame, but.
0: No, my, my dear Sue, you ought not to have any guilt. Ultimately, your husband was, I will tell you exactly, again, I'm not a medical professional, but your husband was dealing with a very strong sense of denial and a strong sense of fear, but mostly denial, and you can be presented with the most severe and obvious symptoms of cardiac issues, and you go into complete denial. That's what happened to me. I presume that's what happened to your husband. And mm-hmm. as, as somebody who has experienced the loss, I mean, if you're 62 now, you would have been 60 or thereabouts back then. Can, right. can you talk about the impact um, this has had on your life? Because, I mean, 60... Presumably, you still have many productive years ahead. You're expecting to spend your golden years with the man to whom you'd been married for decades. And then suddenly you get a phone call and he's gone. Um, What effect has that had on you? In particular, the moment you found out that he was no longer with us.
3: It's just, it's like a, you know, a punch to your gut. It takes the wind out of your sails. You... You just can't think. You can't function, and it's it's terrible. Besides the fact that we had he had no will, his his two checking accounts were in his name. I was not on them. That had to go into probate. I was without money and income for six months until I took his social security. Um, So the financial aspect of it was horrendous alone, let alone just the mere fact of, you know, your husband, you you know, we grew up together. We started dating when I was 18 years old. I, we grew up together. Yeah, you know, we had three children together. So, it, it, you know, their physical presence no longer with you is just the hardest thing to overcome and to, uh, to adjust to. You know, you don't get to smell them. You don't get to touch them. You don't get to kiss them again. And uh, it's wow. hurt. It's devastating, you know?
0: Sweetheart, how how did you get the news? Was it a phone call? And were you told to go to the hospital? Were you told it's too late, if you don't mind me asking?
3: No, not at all. My son, as I said before, was with him. And he called me. And he said, Mom, Dad passed out. I've called EMT. They're trying to revive him. I knew where they were, the location they were working. So I called my sister and I said, Sandy, you have to um, come meet me. She did. Thankfully, her husband knew where I was talking about. So they met us at the location. And um, I saw my husband laying on the ground and my son's tried to stop me from going over there, but I had to go over and I had to be with him. And, um, they were giving him, um, the AED at that point, but I knew he was already gone at that point. They did take him to the hospital where they did pronounce him, but it was more of a formality than anything else. Right. And, uh,
0: so I'm so I'm so sorry that you had to uh, that you had to go through that. Um, obviously, that's a, a horrible thing to experience. Now, your son was there when this all went down. How how is your son doing?
3: Well, he's been in therapy, obviously, for a good year and a half now. And he is working through that traumatic event. You know, it's, it's traumatic anyways, losing your parent. doesn't matter how old you are. You know, your parents are the people who love you unconditionally, and um, that in itself was hard. But to have to be there and to witness that—that's another layer of of stress and and grief. And he is—he's dealing with it. He's 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 really doing well, and um, we have a very supportive system around us—people and friends—and uh, you know, so that's been very uh, the positive side of it, but been a struggle. I mean, normally I'm not, I don't normally walk around crying every day.
0: <laughs> Since <laughs> when? How long did that take?
3: <laughs> it took me a while, but um, you know, I'm in year two now. Year one is your year of first of everything without them. And it's just new and you have to devise your new, your new normal, whatever that is, you have to make it what it is. And, you know, my husband was, would not have wanted me to walk around crying and being mopey and Dopey. so I try to be positive and and proactive and we celebrate his life on his anniversary we don't celebrate the fact that he died we celebrate the fact that he lived and that he was here and we honor him through different things throughout the year and on you know Christmas and Thanksgiving and and whatnot and but it's uh I, I just am now starting to feel back to normal whatever that is anyways but it's taken me a couple of years to get to that point.
0: Totally understandable. I mean, this is a guy that you uh, grew up with. Um, are you, um, and, and this is not an invitation, but I'm just asking, are you Are you dating again? Have you given any thought to dating again?
3: No, the thought of it actually makes me sick to my stomach.
0: <laughs> makes two of us.
3: <laughs> you know, Tom, honestly, to be perfectly honest with you, really that thought, I can't even imagine I haven't been on a date in forty five years. What do you do? I don't wouldn't even know. I mean, like, goodness gracious, I'm just like, no.
0: Well, um
3: so I don't know i'm i'm not I'm not opposed to having a male presence in my life. um, but am I looking for it? No
0: very very interesting um you've been a magnificent uh, first caller sue i mean i think everybody listening would say we all wish you the very best and Although it may be tough, you may find that life is more enjoyable with a male companion, whether the male companion leads to a second marriage or whether it's just a male companion. You might be happier that way, somebody to share your life with other than your son or other relatives or other friends you might have. Then again, you might just, I mean, one of the big complaints I hear from women of your age group is, uh, you know, a lot of guys your age are decrepit and uh, can barely get along, and they're looking for a nurse. a purse and nobody wants that
3: well listen I've taken care of my one and only I'm not going to do that again however assisting someone may be okay
0: (laughs) well there's another side to that coin the other side of the coin is there might be a time when you need somebody to take care of you
3: well that is very true Tim and that is a very good point and something that I do have to kind of remind myself as well so like I said I'm, I'm open to it I'm just right at this particular moment I'm just not quite there yet
0: no, right. oh, totally, totally understandable. Sue, um, you, you've you been a remarkable caller, and this week has been marked by a series of remarkable callers, whether we've talked about being attacked by yellow jackets or um, alcoholism, and now we're talking about premature death. And I gave you a lot more time um, than I would an ordinary caller because you have uh, delivered a brilliant um soliloquy, sometimes interrupted by my questions, which I felt were appropriate when I asked them um, about what it's like to go through the early death of a spouse. I mean, 62, I mean, look, I'm going to be 60 on Monday, but we're not talking about that, all right? And I'm not looking forward to that. I've told everybody the day is to be totally ignored. I don't want any card. I don't want any gift. It is not to be mentioned, okay? It's just one of those things 50 was no big deal. 40 was no big deal. 60 and being a grandfather, suddenly I don't want to talk about it. I mean, I'm talking about it now. I guess I'm being a hypocrite. But as far as my friends, (laughs) no, uh, whatever friends I have left. Uh, But anyway, uh, thank you very much, sir. I wish you nothing but the very, very best. And when it's time to get back out there, you will know it's time to get back out there. And you may enjoy the companionship of – of another man and you know it it need not even turn physical it could be intellectual companionship
3: correct and you're right and thank you very much tom i appreciate it and i enjoy your show
0: all right my love thank you so much
3: thank Um, you take care all
0: right thank you what i mean wow um that is an amazing call if you're on hold please stay there we're talking about people you know maybe personally, maybe celebrity-wise, who have left us too early. And this guy was 62. And you could hear a couple of times Sue almost broke down talking about it, and it's been two years. She had known the fella since she was growing up. He was a smoker. And smoking, you know, I mean, smoking isn't good for you. We all know that. And one of the reasons why is it contributes to the buildup of plaque around your heart. And it seems like I mention this drug every day, but I should also point out that cocaine also will speed up the accumulation of plaque around your heart. So even if the initial uh, line doesn't kill you, you're still basically doing suicide on the installment plan by doing blow because you're going to build up a lot of plaque in your arteries that you otherwise wouldn't have had.